Hello everyone and welcome to Balance and Wellbeing podcast. We're going to be exploring why self-care when you have a child is not a unicorn concept and there's a lot to unpack and discover in relation to this. I'd like to introduce Sam Eddy. Hello Sam. Hi Katie, it's good to be with you again. Yeah, you too. And yeah, you're with Katie Walls as well. And um, so Sam, let's, let's get started. Let's jump straight into it. So why, what, what's your feeling in relation to self-care, especially when you have a child and why the importance with self-care? Well, look, it's such a good topic and I know we often choose good topics that we love to talk about and get involved in, but I think, and this sort of, this thought really came from a workshop I did the other day where I was at a workplace and, and I asked the question, why is it that we don't prioritize ourselves or involve ourselves in self-care especially when kids come along or even for the first time and I think it's big because it actually starts off when you know before we are in a caring role we might have more time perhaps in it when we're not in a caring role but often we're not really prioritizing ourselves anyway so we might you know, veg out in front of the TV, you might go out with friends more often than perhaps when, when a baby comes along, but we're not always prioritizing that downtime or the self-care. So if we haven't formed that habit before kids come along, then it's a lot harder to enact when you have less time and stress is high. You know, when, when a new baby comes into the world, clearly it's a completely new thing for a lot of people. There's no rule book. The experience is different for everyone. There's a lot of expectation. But if we haven't prioritized ourselves first and, and you know, put self-care as a priority for us, it's a lot harder to do it, you know, when when the heat is on, so to speak, and when there's more pressure and we have left less time. So that was one of the first things I thought around this topic that we just don't prioritize it generally speaking so it's going to be very hard to do it when when kids come along yeah and no, I feel exactly as you're saying bringing that um, conscious kind of awareness to it because time is so full and especially when you know it might be a first baby or even if it's second or third um, there's, there's so many different demands so it's just like you hit the road running and unless you actually are aware of that self-care side of things and factor in the space to consider yourself then it's just like a one thing after the other momentum starts to happen doesn't it that's so true yes and I think you're right the momentum we sort of we can find ourselves um you know in states of I don't know t- tension or stress because momentum's mm-hmm. taken over and we're so busy doing we're just sort of try, trying to do all the basics around getting to know what we have to do to look after kids mm. early on. Um, and as you say, if it's a second or third child, it, you know, it just we just get busier in many senses, plus, you know, trying to keep our career on track at the same time. Mm. At some point, we might have to then go back to work if we're taking leave. And so we're focused on all these practical elements of life, but the prioritization of self-care doesn't come really into it. And I think the conversation never really happens that often, you know, in life, generally speaking, sort of when we grow up, we don't many have too many conversations around self-care. When we go to school, it's pretty busy time where we're being assessed, we're being measured, we're being marked, we're sort of competing against our colleagues who are, you know, at school who are supposed to also then play nice within the playground. We get to work and there's demands, there's targets, there's KPIs. And so that the whole notion of 
self-care. It's not really embedded in the culture. And so, again, you know, when big life events happen, such as having kids, it's something that is it's still pretty new. I mean, we, we're talking about it more and more and you know, the podcast we do, Katie, is great, but I still don't think it's embedded in the culture. I'm not sure what you think about that. Agree, totally. It's not referenced. It's not talked about. It's kind of one of these words that it's the, the thing that we should do, but it's still a word and, and a concept rather than us actually living that self-care, if, that, if that's definitely what I hear people talking about and I've had the same experience myself. In, you know, schools that should very much be part of the curriculum mm. because I, I look at the kids that are doing HSC at the moment or um, coming into that really intense learning period and they're absolutely exhausted. You can feel in their body the stress that they're carrying and the focus on this one exam being the be-all and the end-all, et cetera, which is going to open the doors or not um, to future. So, you know, just looking at... If, if that was part of the curriculum early on, but, but we can do that in our families and we can start, you know, it has to start with us first. And if we, you know, if we are a new parent or having a new baby, how great to start living those qualities so that our kids can see that because they're not necessarily going to get that type of encouragement in in school or wherever they happen to work later or wherever that is Mm. Um, so if we bring those principles in early and it has to start with our experience of that um, to then impart that to to our families as well and the thing is there's never really going to be the time (laughs) we keep saying i don't have time to self-care i don't have time for this and it's true because we're not making it we're not realizing the importance so then we're not respecting how much is actually needed mm. so that it comes to a, a way of, you know, it's the same as brushing your teeth or going to the bathroom or the fundamentals. It's like, actually, that's just something that I do. And it doesn't have to be to begin with when you're saying, well, I feel depleted, I feel exhausted, I know I need to care more. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, block out hours on end to, to self-care. It's more clocking, okay, I feel, I feel tired. I've, I've actually put myself down on the priority list here in comparison to everything else that I'm doing. And each day it could just be, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get up 20 minutes earlier this morning so I can do some gentle stretches. Or um, when I make lunch, I'm actually going to feel what I want to eat rather than what my kids need to eat or what should I prepare for them or my partner or whoever it happens to be. What, what do I feel like feeding myself today? Yes, and yeah. making sure that you've got that type of food in the house so that you're feeding your body what you feel like rather than cooking and accommodating for everyone else. So it, it can be simple. Mm. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. I think that's so important, isn't it? Because... The, the time factor is that it's that biggest excuse we create in our mind. I mm. don't have the time, as you said before, like, you know, how am I supposed to, you know, I can barely, um, you know, I'm trying to hold down my job. I'm trying to look after the kids, you know, how on earth am I going to have time for myself to self-care? And it's such a good excuse that the mind can make. But in reality, as you say, the, the solutions can be really simple. It's that conscious awareness you talked about. I love that idea that you're you know, in every kind of aspect of your life, yeah, you're thinking really consciously about it. So as you said, you're making lunch, you're thinking about what nutrition you need. You perhaps even, instead of 
considering it or viewing it as a chore or something to get through, given you're going to have to potentially make lunch every day, you know, why can't we just sort of slow down and and just be present during the process as opposed to it being another thing that we're just trying to get through? Or, you know, if we are giving ourselves 10 or 20 minutes to either meditate, do some stretches, go for a run or, or whatever it may be, those that time where your mind's disconnecting from the busy world, you're getting a bit of a break can be really powerful for rejuvenation, for health and for your overall well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And then you start to feel the benefit and then it's like I'm not compromising that, but it's like anything that we start that's new or, you know, we're allowing more, so to speak. Um, it, it takes a little while to build the momentum up. Yes, and then it becomes more natural and then you feel the benefit of your choices that you're making in relation to self-care and you get to feel how that feels in your body, then it's like I'm not compromising that because I know that there's nothing selfish about it whatsoever because we're more productive, our health is better, we're more energised, we've got more to offer, we're more responsive. Mm. So there can be sometimes that that um, guilt feeling that comes in <laughs> yeah. if you're giving yourself space and, and time when there's always things that you could be doing, always, always. It's, it's funny because um, a friend was talking to me about she's got, a, I think, a, almost a one-year-old is thinking about going back to work shortly and um, she's, so she's been, you know, with her child pretty much full-time for the last 12 months and... She had some time where she was actually had some time to go to the gym, a bit of self care, and then um, she knew her, you know, her partner was looking after her baby, but she had another thirty minutes to spare where she could have, you know, just gone for a wander around the shops just to chill out, you know, have a bit, a bit of a window shop, maybe buy a couple of things, but mm-hmm. she said the guilt got to her. Oh, I should be at home. I should be giving my partner relief from the baby. I should be with my son. And just that mind chatter came in and it was interesting how powerful was that guilt and I'm sure embedded in all that is those societal expectations of, well, no, no, you should be at home. You know, you shouldn't be just, you know, chilling out on your own, you know, going to the shops, you know, you should be with your child. I'm sure that probably played into that guilt that you just talked about before, Katie, because it's such a powerful thing. Yeah, we could have a full-time conversation of it going on. And, and that's why if we start to appreciate that there's actually nothing selfish because of the things we were talking about before, about being more productive, being more loving, being more present, if you're tired, you're going to be more grumpy. Mm. So it's actually depersonalizes it. So you go, you know what, I've actually got a responsibility to self-care. Yeah. So there's nothing in it that, that's selfish. It's actually offering more to people. And then once you start to give yourself a space, even as we were saying with simple food choices for you or going, you know what, I'm going to have a bath tonight, 15 minutes, I'm going to have that bath. I've been saying for weeks that I'm going to have a bath and I haven't done it, so I'm going to do it. And then see, see what it feels like. And then you get the benefit of that and everyone else gets the benefit of, of you being more, I suppose, content within yourself. And, and the ripple on effect that, that comes from that. But also, you know, you know what it's like that if, you've, if you're staying up too late and then you've, you've got work the next day or you've got to get up early for the baby or the night feeds, it just has a snowball effect versus going, yeah, actually, you know, tonight I'm going to go to bed at this time because I know then I'm going to be more responsive 
Um, so, you know, or, or just making sure that you've got the clothes on that you feel to wear that day to support you with whatever you happen to be doing. So it might be, actually, I feel to wear that shirt. It's not ironed, but I'm going to take the time to iron it because I know that's going to support me. Yes, yeah. Those, it's the simple things that really make a difference. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's, it is simple. These, this is practical stuff, but it, you know, slowing down to stop to iron a shirt can just bring you into present moment awareness and make you really conscious. So it might stop you rushing around like a mad person, you know, to get out the door where your adrenaline's pumping, you're getting to wherever you're going, you're probably a bit more tense. So it's having these little anchors throughout your day that, really ground you and help bring you into the moment because we're not saying life is not going to be busy you know especially when kids come along but I think those practical anchors that you have in your life whatever they are for you can really just remind you of the pace of life that you want that you know is going to serve you and I guess ultimately serve everyone else around you you talked before about um, it's not selfish to for self to do self-care and prioritize yourself because everyone will feel the benefits I know that when I'm doing it I'm way more present I'm I'm more conscious I'm aware of other people's needs my own needs I'm less inclined to judge um, others at work at home I'm you know, you form those deeper connections because you're able to listen. You're, you know, you feel more fully present in the moment, so you can listen to other people's needs. You're better able to understand when people, you know, behave poorly, for example, kids or otherwise. You, you're better able to understand why they're behaving that way. So you're not coming into as much conflict. The relationships are deeper. You know, there's more joy. There's a bit more relationship peace. Um, collaboration at work for example seems easier so it's there's just so many flow-on effects if we can do it and the in this anchoring and these simple things that we can do to anchor ourselves in this present moment awareness to be conscious to sort of look after ourselves and put our health first they just really affect the quality of everything we do in life yeah so you've just offered so many gold nuggets there like every single one of them are, you know life changing in relation to relationships mm. and and not being stressed and how often do we as parents or with colleagues um, give ourselves a hard time if we feel we're being snappy or you know that that's the thing that keeps coming back to you especially in parenting is well you know I was pretty snappy then or you know I shouldn't have said this or I shouldn't have said that so if our batteries are running low there's not much to give. You know, you, you look at your electrical equipment, you can feel when the battery's running low, it's, it's you know, it's just not happening. So it's no, no different in our body. If we have let ourselves run low, there's not that much there to give and the quality that's there isn't great at all. So it's it's the same as every other aspect of looking after ourselves. And, you know, we get up, we, we eat when we're um, hungry, we have a drink when we're thirsty. So it's the same, same, I suppose, significance to self-care in relation to making sure that, you know, we are going to enjoy life because we've got the reserve there for life. So when you look at everything that you've offered just then, Sam, it's like it's crazy not to, yes. right? <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist just to listen to that and to go, yeah, you know what, that's absolutely practical, that makes total sense, totally agree. So let's look at then why is something that's so fundamentally practical and has a, you know, it's this Mm. win-win type of thing. Why do we struggle with self-care? 
Yes. Well, it's, it's such a... Because it's fine for us to sit here and say, yep, self-care, and most people go, yep, totally get it. So let's unpack yeah. it a bit and go, well, why Why are they, Why do we have these issues? I mean, I, sorry, Kate, self-care. I was just going to say, look, the, the thing that just springs to mind when you say that is I think, and it sort of goes to what I was saying at the start, I think if unless it's been a habit that's been embedded within you as a person but also us as a society in those people around you, it's something that's new, it's change. And, you know, as a general rule, we know that change can be hard because, you know, we've got, if we, if we wanted to make new conscious choices, and as you say, this is a win-win, if we've got safety, you know, that, that, um, the statistic or the percentage of 5% of your brain is, is your conscious mind and say 95% is your unconscious mind, we've got, it's a good reminder that we've got 5% of our conscious mind working against this 95% of unconscious thinking <laughs> that's trying to implement something new and, and go, okay, well, self-care is important. But if we've, not, if we've only learned this recently or if we're only making a choice to do it now, we've trained our bodies and our mind to say, no, 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 what are you doing? This is not a priority. You haven't been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years. So why are you trying to do it now? And so when we do then try and prioritize ourselves, the body resists and it goes into a bit of chaos. It can make it you know, really uncomfortable, all those, the, the ego will rage and the voice of doubt comes in and goes, oh, you don't have the time or you're being selfish. You know, you've got to put your partner and your kids first. So all those old programs start to play because the body thinks it's doing what you've done, you've, you know, told it to do always. And I guess for me, that's, that can be one of those, the biggest inhibitors just to even getting started or when you try something, again, the old programs kick back in and the body says, no. And so it's that, it's, you know, what can you do then to be aware of this, number one, I guess, to be aware of, you know, how the self-sabotage can come in and then what anchors do you have in place to remind yourself of the benefits? Yeah, absolutely agree. And, And it does require a bit of breaking down until it becomes a natural part of your day to day. Because there's, it's so easy to, and even if you if you go, okay, today I'm going to do X, whatever that may be. Um, maybe you know it's it's at lunchtime going for a walk, and if you if you have a new baby or um, you know toddler, putting them in the pram and going, and then seeing how many things come in the way that you could so easily justify yes. not doing it. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary. It's absolutely extraordinary for something as simple as that, or going to the gym after work or um, whatever it happens to be, just to see how we (laughs) self-sabotage, going, oh, no, I've really got to get this done or, oh, I forgot I needed to get back to so-and-so about that. I need to make that phone call. I need to do this. I need to do that. Or, oh, my gosh, look at the time. That's three hours gone. I didn't even realize I don't have time now. So just clocking that within ourselves to go, okay, let's look at our commitment that we've made and the aspects that we do want to start to give ourselves in relation to self-care and then look at the sabotage that comes in and go, okay, if that sabotage is coming in, then the aspects that I've committed to must be pretty damn powerful because it's amazing how I'm coming up with all of these excuses not to do it. So it's like that bit of ourselves knows that we're going to go to a different place within ourselves when we do feel more energized because then there's like more responsibility but not responsibility in a bad way, 
it's it's just that we can't perhaps use the crutches that we've been used to to numb ourselves I suppose or take away the tension in a way that hasn't necessarily supported us so I think it's important that we look at that because we've got to go okay if something that we know is going to be good for us isn't happening or we keep trying and trying but it's just not, we're not kicking it off then we've got to look at what what the construct is that's getting in the way to prevent that because if we're not unpacking that at the same time then how's mm. it going to shift mm. so i think that's i mean they're such great comments because they're the key things that we need to do you know to really to make these changes which is so important do you think also it helps if you then even if you've just say you've just you say perhaps you're listening to the podcast now and you're deciding to make a change to then maybe have a sit down in a calm moment and go well what are my priorities overall what's my vision for this this life i want you know with my kids at work with my partner even involve your partner in the conversation and sort of set a new vision for what we what you want um and then sort of have that as a reminder put check-ins you know every couple of weeks we go out for dinner and dinner with a partner and um and and go through it and just go well where are we on this and that can help as a reminder you know that can help stop the self-sabotage if we're checking in with someone or if we've got people around us a support network just to help us remind us you know of why we're doing this and why we originally decided to make these commitments and so sort of set that baseline figure out what your reality is at the moment and then you know and then put in steps in place to get to the reality that you want for your future because that can be the sort of the the powerful framework whereby you start to make those changes you've got the support network to help keep you on track because we'll all have those moments where we I guess we get sucked in by the voice of doubt and we, we can't resist it. But it's it's what you do when you realise that you've oops, you've sort of reverted to old ways of being, as you said before, I think not you know, not blaming yourself or taking on onus responsibility, not doing it in that way, but just being you know, having some mechanisms in place where you can, you know, let yourself off the hook when you've made mistakes and go, Okay, I know what went wrong here, this is what I, I now need to do. So it's yeah. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's nothing more powerful than teamwork um, and coming together because in that you also inspire each other and, and for something to truly work, if you are in a partnership, be that husband, wife, um, partner, um, flatmate, whatever it happens to be, if, if you're communicating about, you know, what you can feel, what you're wanting to do, um, how you're wanting to shift with your time, etc., then, you know, making sure it's practical with the family, um, voicing what's important to you. It just allows an opportunity for the whole relationship to go to another level, but also to inspire each other. And I do that with my husband. We didn't consciously decide to do it. It's just that I started to commit more to self-care and he started to feel how I was much um, more enjoyable yeah. to be around and he's like okay yeah this is good yeah and, and then he started to make some changes with his diet and I just thought wow yes, it, is, it is it's contagious if someone's wanting more of that it's a really beautiful thing and what's great now is the other night um, I had a stressful day and I came home and I was eating food that I don't normally eat and he just went okay what's up what's going on because he knows that's not part of my of what I've established for myself and I hadn't realized because I, I just went I just went to it and started eating. And he just said, yeah, you're not quite yourself. 
So then you create markers where, um, and it was great because it offered a, a really lovely conversation that we had and then um, everything can go to the next level and then you, your kids get to feel that too and they start to shift. Like I noticed when we started um, just naturally doing this that my son went and rearranged his bedroom and had a big clean out and, and then we started doing that in different areas of the house so yeah, that that teamwork it's it's, mm. it's and what, um, what a, you know what a great re- reward for that I guess you know taking the time to have those conversations you know and I guess when you've done that you've embedded new ways of being as you say you've got someone there to who can just who knows you really well who can just see what you're doing oh yeah she, oh, she's eating that yeah. food okay yeah we need to have a chat <laughs> but doing it you know without yeah. judgment and then the energy shifts in the family and. You know how lovely for you. That's that's amazing. Exactly. I was just yeah, thinking, Katie, yeah. if um, just for so, people who are listening, if they've got any questions around this topic, because I'm sure people have had varying degrees of success with this. You know, we'd love to know what work, what works for you, what doesn't work. Um, you know, if if prioritizing yourself is something that, and self care, especially when new kids come along, is something that you've thought about or is talked about in your family at work, we'd just love to hear your thoughts or questions and you can email us at info at parentsatwork.com.au. So we'd just love to hear your thoughts and questions. Yeah, or anything in relation to topics that you'd like to be discussed in more detail, please offer them. The podcasts are a monthly offering and um, we very much want to be responsive to to what's happening in, in your day-to-day lives. So. Yeah, thanks, Sam. No worries. So I just wanted to ask, Sam, in relation to what you've felt recently um, with with self-care, just in wrapping up um, this topic for for today, is there anything in particular that you've felt quite a a breakthrough from um, implementing or anything that you've specifically felt that gets in the way when you've... To yeah, absolutely. Look, well, I'm, you know, I talk about this quite a bit, and um, I know from ex- when I'm getting busy and stressed, and I'm probably not prioritizing myself. I'm not. I, don't, I haven't sort of utilized my anchors, um, and it's it's funny because when I think I talked about this in the perhaps in the last episode as well. But when work gets busy, it's a bit addictive. It can get exciting, but it also can mean you go a bit gung ho. The adrenaline's pumping. You then you get involved in it. You want to do more. But I noticed for me, tension in my body was really um, rising, and I could just feel myself holding on, for want of a better word, just really holding on to myself. And I had some time out. I was in the shower, and I just realized all this tension I was holding. And I'm, you know, pretty good with relaxation techniques and just trying to let stress go. But I'd been holding on for a while and it was just in that moment of tension when I had that bit of calm, I slowed down a little that I, I was able to then just to sort of release, do the muscle relax and relaxation, let go of the tension I was holding in my stomach. And for me, that was a good marker for me to be able to go, oh, okay, I need to maybe just sort of readjust here slightly um, and then make practical adjustments on top of that. So use my body as a guide for, you know, how I'm offering myself self, self-care self or perhaps getting away from it and then just use that as a release and a guide to then get back on track. So that was a, a big, powerful reminder for me. 
And as you were talking then, I could feel, yeah, I, I started to really relate to that as well over the last few weeks that um, at times I could feel I was sitting at my desk and my legs were tense, but I didn't even realise and it wasn't until like I shift my legs a bit, I went, oh, wow, I'm holding tension in my legs, but there's no reason to do that. So shifting your body, you're, like your body's just the marker of all truth. It's just there ready to tell you exactly what's going on. And um, I think it's really significant what what you've just discussed so you know going forward um anyone who's who's listening just you know have that pause to let go and just see if there's any let go of your muscles and just to see if there's any area of your body that is holding like sam was saying you could really feel it in your stomach often i can feel it over across the shoulders um, chest area legs and and then that's a marker that there's either something that you're feeling around you um, that's creating a stress. It could be colleagues, it could be kids fighting, it could be something's not right that's happening around you and then you're feeling your reaction to that or it could just be an expectation that you're placing on yourself and then you're holding that tension or it could be a bit of overwhelm with everything that there is to do. But just by checking in throughout the day, different times, and seeing if you are holding anything and then and then letting that go, that's a great aspect of self-care because you might know exactly what it is that you're reacting to, but your body's going, you're holding tension. And just by releasing that tension, then you can often um, start to see what, what it is that you're reacting to and what needs to be shifted as well or what you need to address. Yeah, I mean, it never lies, does it? <laughs> it's always got something valuable to tell us. No. <laughs> and that's why we often ignore it. And we're not caring for it to the level because there's a responsibility that comes in, um, but so rewarding in, in it's like it's got the answers to everything that we're struggling yep. with, but we have mm. to start going there and, and, and having that relationship. So true, yeah. so true. Well, lots we could talk about, but that's, um, that, that's a, an offering for this podcast. And as you are saying, Sam, please uh, email in any anything in relation to what's been discussed today if you want to discuss that further or other topics so i think that's all for today and we will see you next time on the balance and well-being podcast thank you thanks sam thanks everyone